The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 11th chapter. Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany. This was the village of Mary and her sister Martha. Mary was the one who had anointed the Lord with perfume and wiped his feet with her hair. And it was her brother Lazarus who was ill. The sisters sent a message to Jesus, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, this illness does not lead to death. Rather, it is for God's glory, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Accordingly, though Jesus loved Mary and Martha and Lazarus, after having heard Lazarus was ill, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. When Jesus did arrive in Bethany, he found Lazarus had been in the tomb for four days. Jesus saw Mary weeping, and the Jews who came with her also weeping. He was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. Jesus said, where have you laid him? And they said, Lord, come and see. And Jesus began to weep. The Jews said, see how he loved him. But some said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, greatly disturbed, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and there was a stone lying against it. He said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said, Lord, there is a stench. He has been dead four days. And Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? They took away the stone, and Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you for having heard me. I know that you always hear me, but I have said this for the sake of the crowd standing here, that they may believe you sent me. When he had said this, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out! The dead man came out. His hands and feet were bound with strips of cloth, his face wrapped in a cloth. And Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. Many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary and who saw what Jesus did, believed in him. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Grace, mercy, and peace be with you all from God our Creator and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Our scripture readings this morning take us to places of devastation and loss and sorrow, all being dealt with by our tender and powerful God. We begin with Ezekiel and the vision of the Valley of Dry Bones. A little historical context, this is the time of the Babylonian exile. The kingdom of Judah had been under the control of Babylonia and the people rebelled. And in 597 BCE, the enemy attacked Jerusalem and deported the king and leaders to Babylon. 
Among the exiles was a young man named Ezekiel. Ten years later, after Jerusalem rebelled again, the Babylonians burned down the city and destroyed the temple and deported a second wave of people. As we enter the reading, God gives his prophet Ezekiel a message to those in exile in the form of a vision. Now, for those forced to live in Babylon, exile was a crisis of suffering and sorrow and also a crisis of faith. The symbols of their faith, the city of Jerusalem burned to the ground, the temple destroyed, the people scattered. It may have seemed to them that their God had been defeated by a stronger God of Babylon. Is their Lord truly the Lord and truly faithful to them? Their lament, our bones are dried up, our hope is lost, we are cut off completely. They have lost their home in every way. I know that I can't imagine what they were feeling and experiencing, but tragically, over 30 million refugees in our world today can more than imagine it. Ezekiel's vision is to be delivered to exiles in Babylon who feel like they are dead. They feel like they are dry bones, and God has a message of life for them. So God's hand is laid on Ezekiel, and by the Spirit of the Lord, God sets Ezekiel down in the middle of a valley, and it is full of bones. God leads Ezekiel all around those bones. In Hebrew, it's sabib, sabib, around and around. This is not just a quick glance and then looking away from the devastation. And there are thousands of bones, and they're very dry, dead a long time, brittle. It's a grisly tour. There is no life here. And God asks Ezekiel a surprising question. Mortal, can these bones live? All the evidence is to the contrary. And Ezekiel, with humility and honesty and maybe a little hope, says, O Lord God, you are the one who knows. And then God instructs Ezekiel to prophesy to the bones, to speak words of life to them. And Ezekiel, who doesn't understand what God is doing, but who is nevertheless obedient, speaks as though he is painting a picture of new life to those dry and dusty bones. O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. I will lay sinews on you, and will cause flesh to come upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. And suddenly Ezekiel heard the rattling of bones as they came together, bone to its bone, sinews and flesh and skin. Now it's all coming together, and they look human again. But it isn't enough because they don't have breath. They need the breath of God, the spirit of God. They need to be God-infused to live. And so Ezekiel calls out, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. And breath came into them, 
And they lived and they stood up a vast multitude. If this vision starts out sort of creepy, it ends with life, a whole lot of life. But what does it mean? God explains it to Ezekiel. God's people in exile feel like these bones cut off, dry, dead. But God isn't done with them, and God will bring them home to Israel. Ezekiel must tell the people that although it seems like everything is lost, do not lose hope. God is still working. I am going to open your graves, says the Lord, and bring you up from the graves, O my people. I will put my spirit within you, and you shall live, and I will place you on your own soil. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken and will act. God fulfilled that promise. After 70 years in exile, the people of Judah were freed by Persian leader Cyrus the Great, who conquered Babylonia and allowed them to go home, to be restored as a people, and to rebuild. Life speaks to death in this reading. Here again God's promise. I will put my spirit within you, and you shall live. God's spirit is the key to fullness of life, abundant life. One of my favorite Bible verses is on the front of your worship folder from Romans chapter 8. The full verse reads this way, If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies also through his spirit who dwells in you. Do you hear life speaking to death here? What if we just sat with this thought for a moment? The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is alive in you. Listen one more time. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is alive in you. So if you are feeling some dry bones, some sorrow, some cut-offness from life, if you're yearning for home, know this. Hope is yours. Courage belongs to you. The Spirit of God is living within you, loving you into life. Again, hear life speaking to death in Ezekiel. God said, I will open your graves and bring you up from your graves, O my people. I will open your graves. Lazarus knew all about this. Let's go to the gospel. Mary and Martha were in the depths of despair and grief and hurt. Their beloved brother Lazarus was very ill, so they sent word for their dear friend Jesus to come. And Jesus intentionally waited a couple of days before he came to them. He had good reason, divine reason, but still... It hurt them. If you've ever wondered about God's timing, you know that feeling. During that delay, Lazarus died, was wrapped in cloths, and put into a tomb. When Jesus arrived, the sisters each told him, If you had been here, my brother would not have died. Jesus wept with them, even knowing that he would raise Lazarus from the tomb 
He wept with them. He loved them. He cared about them. And he got to work. As someone said, Jesus fought death at Lazarus's tomb and plundered the grave. Jesus told death that he would soon conquer it completely. Jesus went to the tomb, which was a cave, with a stone lying against it. He told the onlookers to take away the stone. Martha warned him against it. She is so practical, and you know, she's always taking care of him. In the King James Version, she says, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he has been dead four days. What a heartbreak. But Jesus responded, Martha, didn't I tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone, and Jesus prayed to God, thanking God for hearing him. And then he cried out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth, and his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. What must they have been thinking? Did they believe their own eyes? He said to everyone watching, a little help here, people, unbind him. It was an invitation to go near the one who had been restored to them, not to be afraid of him, but to touch what held him back, to unwrap the bindings around his feet, that hindered his walking back into the community, to unwrap the bindings that stopped him from reaching out and seeing and speaking. And that's what we are invited to do too, to those who are in grief or in illness or feeling cut off or dry bones or far from home. We are called by Jesus to be a community dedicated to loving one another to be words of life to one another, to participate in God's life-giving resurrection work. We need each other. We can't do this alone. We have before us today God calling life out of death because the grave is not our home. And oh, how we need this word of life, individually, certainly, but also globally, since so many in our world are experiencing death and loss. The UN Refugee Committee reported 32.5 million refugees and an additional 53 million internally displaced people from wars and natural disasters at this time. Our own Lutheran disaster relief helps as many as it possibly can. We can reach out with them through our generosity. And you can see the last page of the partner's document if you'd like to learn more about that. Like Ezekiel walking around and around amidst the dry bones, like friends hands on with Lazarus to set him free, we can reach out and we can help as we are able as the Spirit calls us. Because the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in us, and we can share life and hope with others. Today's Gospel reading ends by telling us that 
Many who saw what Jesus did believed in him, no surprise there. But the verses that follow tell us that this same action of raising Lazarus from the dead caused those who opposed Jesus to plot his death. Jesus raised his friend Lazarus from the dead, knowing that it would lead to his own death. See how he loved Lazarus and see how he loves us. What wondrous love this is. We're nearing the end of Lent now. On the horizon is Good Friday where we will stop everything and ponder the cross of our Christ. Alongside Lazarus and dry bones everywhere, may we be astonished and humbled at our Lord's great love And may we hear God calling us from death into life. Amen.